Chapter 19 Out the front door we went. Out into the night. Melissa sobbing pitifully. Jake demanding to know what was happening. Chapman walking as fast as he could. Melissa grabbed her father's arm. The cage wobbled wildly. Daddy, you can't take Fluffer! Don't take him away! What are you doing? The car. I could see it in the driveway. We were almost there. Suddenly, I heard a yowling, yammering, high-pitched sound that started as a hiss and ended as a shriek. Like a bullet he came, racing across the lawn. The real Fluffer. He was running like every monster in the world was right behind him. In the darkness, the humans couldn't see what was scaring Fluffer so badly. But with my cat eyes, I could see perfectly. Just a few feet off the ground, like some dark shadow of death, came Tobias. Fluffer must have recognized his cage. He must have figured that if he just got inside, he'd be safe from the talons of the raptor that pursued him. Fluffer leaped toward the cage. He glommed onto it and tried to dig his claws into the plastic. For one frozen instant, Fluffer McKitty saw something he never expected to see. Fluffer saw himself. It was almost as weird for me. The cat in my head was totally baffled. This new cat smelled exactly like himself. This did not make any sense at all. It meant nothing. It wasn't even a part of any cat reality. The human part of me noticed a small cut on Fluffer's head. Tobias had taken a good swipe at him to get him moving in the right direction. Fluffer? Melissa said. But... She tried to peer inside the cage. Chapman was quick. No, sweetheart, he said. This isn't Fluffer at all. It's some other cat that sneaked into the basement. He's different. I'm taking him to the shelter so his owners can pick him up. But why didn't you just tell me that? Chapman looked confused. I... I didn't notice you. Melissa stepped back like she'd been slapped. But, Daddy, I was crying. Sorry. Chapman shrugged. He shoved the cage into the back seat. We drove off. I breathed a sigh of relief. I knew Melissa wasn't safe yet, but she was safe for now, at least. Good work, Tobias, I said. But I don't think he could hear me. And I couldn't see out of the windows, so I didn't know if he or Marco or Cassie were anywhere close. Jake, you still with me? Yes. Do you have a minute to fill me in? This flea existence is fine for hiding, but I can't tell anything about what's going on. I'm in a cat carrier. Chapman's in the front seat. He watches me through the rearview mirror. He still has the dracon beam. I think maybe I'm in pretty big trouble here. We're not beaten yet. Jake said. Jake, time must be getting short. It's been at least an hour. You must have morphed before me. You need to get away and morph back. We still have time, Jake said. You have a watch, Jake? I asked. I don't think so. You're what? About twice the size of a period on the book of a page? You can't risk being trapped in a flea morph. Besides, there's nothing you can do. We hadn't traveled far before the car started bouncing and rattling over rough road. As soon as we get outside, you need to jump off, Jake, I said. Just make yourself jump away from warmth and away from the smell of blood. You can do that. The car came to a stop. Rachel, there is no way I'm going to leave you alone. I knew he was trying to be brave, but he was making me mad. Jake, we're trapped. He's got a dracon beam and I'm in a cage. Visser 3 is coming to get me. I can't morph back, or they'll see I'm human. Chapman will recognize me. 
How long do you think it will take them to figure out who the rest of us are? It would be the end of us all. The end of the Animorphs. The end of the only hope for stopping these guys. Come on, Jake, you know it's true. We're not beaten yet, Jake repeated stubbornly. The only hope is for me to stay in Catmorph, I said. They'll probably, you know. But at least they'll never find out about the rest of you. Now jump off me. Chapman got out of the car. He came around and opened the back door. Time to meet the Visser, Andalite. He'll have a wonderful time with you. Chapman lifted me out of the back seat. I looked out through the bars. We're at the construction site, I told Jake. Now get off me. I'm not... I couldn't argue with Jake anymore. I was afraid now. Afraid. I could picture what Visser 3 might do to me. Sorry, Jake, but this time I'm the boss, I said. I cocked my rear leg and started scratching in that rabid cat-like way. What the... What are you doing? I'm scratching. I want you off me. Okay, okay, Jake said. Just stop it. It's like an earthquake here. Okay, Rachel. You're right. We've lost this battle. Chapman carried the cage into the construction site. I could see the ground go by beneath me. I could see through the bars all the half-built cinder-block buildings. I could see the very spot where the five of us had cowered in terror while Visser Three had morphed into a monster and swallowed the Andalite Prince. The Andalite's last despairing cry came back to me. He had lost his fight. Now I was losing mine. Maybe there was no hope. Maybe we were fools to even try and resist the Yerks. Get out of here, Jake, I said. Okay, Rachel. Here I go. Look, be strong, Rachel. Yeah, Jake. You too. Jumping. A few seconds later, Chapman put me down on the ground. He waited beside the cage. The two of us stared off into the darkness. I decided to make sure Jake was gone. Jake? Jake? No answer. Jake, answer me. I changed my mind. I want you to stay with me. If he had lied to me, he would answer now. Come on, Jake. I changed my mind. I need you. No answer. He was truly gone. That fact filled me with grim satisfaction. If Jake and the others survived, there would still be some hope. But the feeling of loneliness was awful. Then I heard the sound of something large, moving swiftly in the air. I pressed my head against the door and looked up. Three craft were descending toward the construction site. Two of them were smaller, about the size of one of those recreational vehicles, maybe a little larger. They had a cowled, insect-like look. They looked like beetles, with twin, long, serrated spears pointed forward on each side. The Andalite had called them bug fighters. The third craft was much larger, shaped like an angular battle axe. It was black on black, sharp and deadly looking. As it sank slowly toward us, I felt my fear grow. It was not the cat that was afraid. It was me, the human. The cat didn't know what the ship was. I did. I had seen it before. The Andalite had called it a blade ship. It was the personal ship of Visser Three, And terror seemed to flow from it. I could smell the fear sweat on Chapman. I guess I was glad he was scared, too. Maybe Visser Three would become the Vanarchs and suck the Chapman ear out of Chapman's head. Maybe the true Chapman would experience a few seconds of freedom before he was killed. Maybe the Chapman Yerk would suffer before Visser Three finished him off. Maybe.
Fear is like a worm inside you. It eats you. It chews your guts. It bores holes in your heart. It makes you feel hollow, empty, alone. Fear. The blade chip landed between two half-finished buildings. The bug fighters came to rest on either side. They looked so strange, parked between the yellow-painted earth movers and graders in the construction site. The earth movers looked like toys. The alien craft looked like deadly weapons. I was afraid. I tried to borrow the cat's courage, his indifference. But then the door of the blade chip opened. I had no courage. Only fear. Fear.